Welcome to the Drop Podcast by Amen Breaks featuring Diligent Fingers, the only spoken word podcast about jungle and drum and bass. We're covering all the pressing issues that aren't otherwise being talked about in the scene and starting a conversation to help push it forward. This podcast goes out every week on Spotify, iTunes and all major podcasting platforms. You can also check us out on our website amenbreaks.co.uk. This week we are covering professionalism within the industry. So, let's get into it. The drop. Yeah, no, I just want, um, I wanted to talk about um, professionalism this uh, week in, uh, in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it carried on quite nicely from what we were talking about uh, last week. You know, bootlegging yeah. is obviously, you know, technically professional, but not really professional, um, et cetera, et cetera. You know, if you want to see that one then, or listen to it, then you can obviously go back and, and check that one out to all of our listeners out there. Please. Um, but um, our, in, in terms of professionalism, right, and again, this is where I think that, um, you know, the drummer bass scene is changing because, um, you know, back in the day, it used to be that free spirit sort of thing. And yeah. there are some, like, and obviously I'm not going to be naming any names or anything like that. And it's entirely up to DJs uh, and, and producers and artists to perform however they, 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 feel they see fit, right? Well, before you, before you carry on there, before right. we actually get into this podcast, I do want to make something really clear. Do you know what I mean? Right. Just off my own back and just to protect both of us because yeah. like like a lot of people have listened to the first part of the first podcast and yeah. thank you, we really do appreciate the fact that you're tuning in and you know, you're listening to what we have to say. But this podcast is not aimed at trying to call people out. Like we are no. not the shade room, do you know what I mean? We're not trying to cause any controversy or anything like that. But we do feel like some of the issues that are going on in the scene, they are worth talking about in terms of ed- education and spreading knowledge and that. So we, I don't want anyone, I uh, do, I feel like I'm speaking for yourself as well, Aaron. I yeah, don't absolutely. want the people to think that this is about calling people out, trying to spread gossip or anything like that. We're trying to bring education do you know what I mean? Yeah, to... 100%, you know, and, um, uh, you know, I'm not here, um, as I'm sure you're not, to, to say, oh, you you shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't be doing that. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. we're not calling people out. Um, mm-hmm. This is, you know, just purely opinion, right? And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, this is our opinion. If you disagree with that, then that's okay. Um, but well, know, we welcome is... it. To be fair, yeah, we yeah. welcome it. We want to hear other people's points of view. If you disagree, we want to hear the reasons why you disagree. Do you know what I mean? And if there's yeah, any way that we can provide a platform for people to sort of engage in that way and give us their comment, maybe we should set up a Reddit. Yeah. Maybe Seems we should like set up idea. a Reddit. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And that's so yeah, then people can... Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then people can give their opinions and we can look through it and then we can respond back on the next podcast or something like that, do you know what I mean? But ultimately, it is to to start the dialogue 
to start the conversation, do you know what I mean, to put different points of view out there so we can come together and find a middle ground, do you know what I mean, rather than, you know, sniping yeah, yeah, or absolutely. feeling like it's digs or anything like that, you know. So before we go anything, I just wanted to well, make that clear, do you think. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. no, that, that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with that and I encourage that as well. But, I, you know, I just want people to think a little bit more about what it is that they are... Um, you know, thinking about like if mm. from a, you know, from an industry perspective, from an outsider's perspective, you know, from, um, you know, just a, an end user, as it were, someone who enjoys, you know, jungling drum and bass and everything in between. And those people who are looking to make a career out of it and stuff like that, you know, like, um, and which obviously leads on to the next point that um, I was going to say, which yeah, is, professionalism. You know, of course, the professionalism aspect. Um, and you, you see a lot of people, uh, and again, like this throws back to the times when, um, uh, you know, DJs were, you know, a little bit rough and ready around the edges, you know, the, mm -hmm. all that, all that sort of stuff. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. We, we all know, we all know the history and stuff. And yeah. um, the, you know, what you often, some, there's that level of professionalism that I just don't know whether or not it is, is right. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, especially with um, artists who, you know, like to, you know, smoke weed and stuff like that, and they post it on their social media, you know, from from one perspective, because you get, you know, you look at the, the really high end production stuff that you see going on. Um, yeah. I don't know if you if you recently saw the uh, the worship feed with Culture Shock Dimension 1991. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't that. remember who else it is. Cool. Very sorry, guys, if 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 I um, if you're listening to this and I can't remember the the last verse, yeah. I'll check it out in a bit. Um, but you know, like they they went to like this cool pad in in LA, you know, very slick setup, and yeah. you know, having a few beers and playing using it. It looks very cool and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but even then, again, like yes, they're relaxing and stuff like that, and we don't mind it. But from like a professional point of view. Um, you know, should they be smoking? Uh, and not that they were smoking anything illegal, but um, yeah. not that it's illegal over there now anyway in most places, especially Cali. But, yeah. you know, like from a professional point of view, it, I, I just don't know how I feel about it, you know, because obviously when you're at a rave, you don't care, right? You're there, yeah. you want to see everyone having a good time and stuff. But from, uh, you know, from an up and coming perspective, like if you're an up and coming producer and an up and coming DJ, do you want to have pictures of yourself you know smoking joints on on your instagram do you want to have that thing or is that part of the you know is is that part of the the look that you're going for do, do you know what i mean yeah no totally totally it well it's like it's like um rave music do you know what i mean yeah. like like it's like um i know that i what i've got in my head when you're talking about it is um human traffic the film human yeah. traffic now yeah, yeah. with rave music trance music and things like like genres like that drugs is heavily associated <laughs> with those kind yeah, of, of music do you know what i mean and that and you know i suppose they were they can still be considered underground genres do you know what i mean mm. so maybe the, the, there wasn't that sort of worry of oh is it ever going to get ma mainstream 
Do you know what I mean? There was, there, maybe human traffic could have brought a possibility of that actually happening with how mm. well that film was received. Do you know what I mean? But I, I understand where the, what you're getting at. And I feel like what, like what you were saying before in terms of when the scene first started, there was that rebellious nature, do you know what I mean, to it. So, yeah, we do this, we do that. We're not like you, like, overly polished, do you know what I mean, pop stars and mainstream stars that are, around yeah. there, that are out there. We're rough around the edges. But... As, as the scene progresses and matures more, obviously things like that could hinder you in some areas, do you know what I mean? In that like, you could go into a club and even though you're not supposed to be taking drugs, as ravers, <laughs> first yeah, and foremost, yeah. we've done it, do you know what I mean? I've certainly done it. I've had a pill or two in the club and this, that and the other. Even as an artist, I've been guilty of, you know what I mean, smoking a little zoot here and there on the, on the stage in the back, do you know what I mean, like when nobody's looking, just to bring me up in the vibe and all that kind of stuff. And some clubs are okay with it, some clubs aren't, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, like you end up, and the more you're on the scene, you end up knowing which clubs are cool and which aren't, do you know what I mean? But then... If you don't, if you if you don't come from that, that's something that you don't have to worry about. You can go in any club, just have a drink, and it's fine. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to worry about oh, where can when can yeah. I have the next spliff or whatever. It, I, I, you know, it's, I think it's the kind kind of the same with any kind of addiction that you have. Because when we're talking about drugs, we are talking about addiction, really and truly. Let's let's have it right. <laughs> let's have it right. Whether yeah. it is ganja or MDMA or whatever it is, when we're talking about drugs and we're talking about addiction, and when it comes to professionalism, it is a case of okay, if you're a drug taker, can you deal with not having your drug for a couple of hours for the sake of? professionalism within the scene do you know what I mean and stuff and like you said I, 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 like I said like I was saying before the more mature the scene gets the more widespread and the more eyes and attention that it has on it I feel like there is going to be an element of that like I found out the other day um, that Ram is under I think it's Warner Brothers now like Ram Records is not actually an underground independent label anymore if it's actually yeah, it's a major label by Warner, yeah by Warner Brothers yeah yeah and not and... only that but they've got they've, they've now diversified as well so they've got mm-hmm. you know Ram Liquids they've got uh, Ram Merch they've got yeah. you know Ram Program. Euro you know yeah. all, all this different stuff right and that's what I mean right so if you're if you're an up-and-coming artist right and you want to be taken seriously and let's face it who doesn't want to be on a major label like ram you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and who doesn't well exactly and you know warner brothers comes from america right and you know what you know what the you know all the americans are like on um you know you hear stories of um uh, in fact i know that this is true right you know when people yeah. were applying for their college applications in the u.s they basically just delete their social media for like three months because they don't want the university going through and seeing anything on their social media that yeah. might it might incriminate them or might you know uh, say you're not the kind of person that we want at our college, you know. And it's the same thing here, you know. And even though it's is part of the scene, look what goes on behind closed doors is up to up to everybody else, right? That's yeah. whatever you want to do. But, you know, that professional element of things like, you know, I was always um, I was always taught, you know, I worked in the corporate world for eight years um, previous to to what I'm doing now. Right. And, you know, I was always told you always got to look you always got to look good. Right. 
Um, you know, first impressions, if, first impressions count. Yeah, you know, like don't don't smoke in front of your clients. Like if you if you want to have a cigarette, you know, don't smoke before a meeting because yeah. you smell. You know, and it's yeah. just those little bits of professionalism that just build up, build up, build up. And I know, look, you know, it's the rave scene, right? Everybody likes to get cut loose. Everyone likes to get a bit wavy. Everyone and everybody knows that it's there. Right. Yeah. But as as an artist and, mm -hmm. you know, again, like even if a, a top name artist, right, imagine like if, you know, one of the one of the really big name DJs just sort of, you know, got out of Bifter on stage or something like that. Yeah, the crowd yeah. love it. But, you know, you've you got promoters and stuff looking over your shoulder. Yeah. Is, is that really what you want? It, like it, it, in terms of a, and I, again, I'm not saying that this isn't pointed at any big name DJs or anything mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, you know, would you would you want that to be seen would you want uh, you know a promoter to go actually you know what i don't really think you know this person is in line with our label ethos or yeah you know you know uh, 10 years ago yeah we would have been cool with that but now we've got financial backers that have got very mm -hmm. deep pockets and mm -hmm. you know have a particular way of things being wanting to done yeah. to be done and yeah. and now that and that also leads me on to as well you know like these uh ram for example being bought out or not yeah not necessarily bought out but you know the professionalism that comes with it these people with bigger deeper pockets what is that going to do for the professionalism standard of and not necessarily production because drum and bass has already always has always had like really really high production value you know like yeah. painfully high yeah um, yeah you know and um, it could be a very scary place to be a producer um, yeah. and a DJ as well, you know, because even though there's always that support there mm -hmm. uh, or what you would like to believe is support there, there's always that level of, um, you know, this has to be like super pro sounding. It can't yeah. be, you know, wishy-washy, you know, and people will sit there and agonize on, on all these sorts of things. Um, yeah. You know, so what does that mean for the level of professionalism in terms of, you know, how these these things are, are made? Does mm -hmm. that affect how like, I don't know anything about how contracts work and stuff like that within this scene, but I'm sure that artists yeah. are, um, you know, beholden to the labels for either a certain amount of performances per year or, you know, they will have to produce at least one album within X time frame. I, I would assume that's that's how it, how it works. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that I think this is where where we're kind of like in uncharted territory um, yeah. when we when we think about it, because we're still so relatively young. And, you know, I think it's only I think it is only Ram and Hospital, do you know what I mean, that are on the level of big mainstream label backings, because I think mm. um, Hospital is under B, BMG or, so, or something okay. like that. Um, so so again, so going back to what we were talking talking about before in terms of the um, bootlegging and being able to cover costs and get things cleared if they're under like bmg and warner brothers then they've definitely got the funds behind that but obviously there's going to be a level of professionalism that comes with comes with that you know mm. pro proper professional studio recordings do you know what i mean and things like that to make sure the track is as best quality for the wider audience as it possibly can do and now that i know these things you can kind of see the sort of bigger label corporate engine influence on labels such as ram records and do you know what i mean hospital records like their packaging their present presentation their promotional and marketing game is next level compared to do you know what i mean the likes of your lower level sort of b-list labels that are out there where you mm. know what i mean 
so you can see the sort of difference in there and i suppose with that there definitely does come you know a level of professionalism that comes out of that but then when you compare it to other sort of labels that are out there and then the artists that are on these labels people like young fug future <laughs> I mean, like, um, Little Lucy Vert, Migos, like, all these guys that promote, like, drinking lean, taking all of these drugs, taking all of these pills, do you know what I mean? And the sort of questionable lyrics that go with it, do you know what I mean? Mm. The sort of misogynistic lyrics that come with, do you know what I mean? Like, some hip-hop artists and, you know, some R&B artists that have gone on for quite, for quite a lot of time, do you know what I mean? So, maybe, maybe... Maybe we're a long way off getting to that kind of level. Like I think, I think it depends on the type of genre of, of drum and bass that is being made. And um, I could see Hybrid Minds being on that kind of level of reaching the mainstream. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I could see Hybrid Minds working with somebody like Adele. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? Or Paloma Faith, or do you know what I mean? Like um, Florence and. Do you know what I mean? Like Florence yeah, yeah. and the Machine and people like that, even Queens of the Stone Age, like that that level, I think it's already happened. What was it? Sigma and Gary Barlow? Really? Did a track together. Yeah, yeah, gee. <laughs> like seriously, like search it out, Google it, seriously. I think it's Sigma and Gary Barlow have done an actual tune together and it's been released. I think it was a couple of years ago. And the whole scene was kind of like, oh my God, what is this? What is going on? Uh, this should not have happened you know yeah. I mean? but you know it is gonna happen like like for me this may be going on a bit of a tangent do you know what I mean but I hope it's out I hope it does kind of make sense but the whole idea of selling out when it comes to underground music reaching the mainstream I've never really understood that do you know what I mean because as much yeah. as as much as I am an underground music artist First and foremost, to begin with, I mean, an underground music genre, do you know what I mean? It's not something that is widely known to the world. It is, but not on mainstream radio, actual television shows, do you know what I mean? You're not seeing shy effects on Good Morning, do you know what I mean? Britain and This Morning and stuff like that. So we're not on that level yet. But as an underground artist that listens to some pop music some mainstream artists i would love to work with beyonce i would love to work with janetta bead like even celine dion i would love but, to work with her she has an amazing voice janetta bead is that, not I... like that level of professionalism though do you know what i mean oh like, certainly all, you know these certainly. people take it really really seriously and again you know whatever goes on behind closed doors is what everybody mm -hmm. else's business but you know mm -hmm. let's say that you're working with beyonce do you reckon she'd turn up yeah. stone Nah, she's gonna turn she's worked, up. She's worked with people that have. Well, I know. That if, she we're has, using, but... if, we, if we're using Beyonce as an example, but Celine Dion, yeah. would she turn up stone? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no, would she turn up stone? Do you know what I mean? She would be complete. She's teetotal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Stepford wife, like, rich beyond imagination. Do you know what I mean? Like, me ever getting to work with her, like, I would have to be in a suit. I would yeah. literally have to change how I am for the opportunity to work with Celine Dion. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or, you know, any great singer, even Adele. Do you know, well, maybe not Adele because she is 
she is from this she is from the the sticks like us do you know what i mean yeah. she is like she is like working class do you know what i mean so she would put, probably be down with it she's best mates with stormzy so and he's a weed smoker so <laughs> do you know what i mean I dif- yeah. I, so I, I, dif- I think when it gets to the nitty gritty there is that element of okay picking and choosing your battles so to speak do you know what i mean like I'm gonna have to fix up if I want to work with this artist because I know how they are. If they've made a made it like public that they are against drugs, do you know what I mean? Like Martha yeah, Stewart, yeah. just say no. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna dance myself in dupe before I even <laughs> yeah. go anywhere near her. <laughs> That's so like everything's Chris. Do you know again, what I mean? Like, but I just want to go still, back to Stormzy, right? So um, yeah, and again, this is a different a different one. Like I don't know if you, you know, we we are coming back to it, but. Yeah. You know, well, he's kind um, of a paradoxical like example that we could use. Like he is yeah. the biggest star from the UK at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Like that could yeah. ever be. He's from underground music. Do you know what I mean? Like that is what he represents. But he is his own boss. He is yeah. quite unruly. He is able to go against the status quo, call out prime ministers, call out this, that, and the other, and say controversial things, yeah. and still have a have a number one album do you know what i mean even after all of that and i think that speaks to i think that speaks more to like the time where we are where you don't actually need a label to be as successful as you want to be he has built all of that off his own backing and now because of the following that he has and the hype that he has he's able to turn around and say okay forget you virgin like i'll work with you but only on a distribution only on a distribution level i own yeah. all of my masters i own all of my rights do you know what i mean i am just using your engine to help push my music out further and that so i think that speaks volumes to like the time where we are do you know what i mean like i was going to even say in regards to professionalism and working with labels like for a long time i was even thinking to myself drum and bass is the only genre that doesn't actually need a label like we don't actually depend on labels yeah we want want our music to be signed to the biggest labels that helps in terms of our do you know what i mean exposure do you know what i mean and getting our music further out there but people like mackie g he's just gone off clear on his own set up his own label do you know what i mean done his own marketing done his own promotion and stuff like that and he is doing world tours now do you know what i mean just off his own back and that so do we really need labels in this day and age? Do we really need? And then therefore, does it matter how professional we are if we can build our own empire? I mean, it's, it's an interesting question that, you, that you've that you raised actually, because, you know, in that, I mean, you could extend that out to any genre though. Like does yeah. singers oh, yeah. really need to be signed to a label? Well, if they're good enough, no. But they well, need that's to have I'm, that element of professional. That's the examples that, they, that I'm asking. That's the examples you know, that I'm using. stuff together. Yeah, that's they're the examples that I'm using, like Stormzy, um, like Little Lucy Vert in the like sort of trap rap mainstream rap world. He's still independent. Um, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, he's still independent. Um, mm. What's his name? Oh, Chicago. Oh, what's his name? Oh, I keep forgetting his name. But another, like he released his first album through Apple, but he was still completely independent. He just made, he just signed a six-figure deal in terms of distribution with Apple. Like, there's a lot more young Ma, another independent artist that's gone triple platinum in terms mm. of, do you know what I mean? Um, you know, music sales and things like that. 
there are a lot more examples of independent artists doing well now than there was before because of social media and do you know what I mean like being able to build your own you know audience via social media things like going viral like people that you would never expect to become you know music stars and now music stars look at Cardi B she completely built her empire off Instagram being a Instagram influencer, comedian, Janetta B, Ratchet Queen, mm. Cardi B, went on to loving hip hop, built even more fame through reality TV show and loving hip hop, and then went on to start releasing her own music. And now she's one of the biggest female rap stars, won a Grammy <laughs> and things like that. And that is all like built off independent, Janetta B, hype, audience, promotion, marketing, and just being smart and figuring out social social media so with those things in place does it matter because she is one of the most ratchet <laughs> she's a stripper she like she openly promotes do you know what i mean twerking sexualization and stuff like that things that mainstream society normally like really looks down their noses at and stuff and she is a mega mainstream multi-platinum selling artist does professionalism matter anymore if we've got yeah. really big mainstream examples like that completely spitting in the face of that oh yeah i mean i suppose so but you know again with the whole professionalism thing you want to um i'm not necessarily talking about as an artist who's made it right yeah um, yeah 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 but they're the examples at, that are out there you know what i mean yeah i mean there's always you know there's you know there's one there's one uh, you know, huge example, and then you know, there's loads of lo uh, small examples as well. Like, I am, yeah, because like Gary, um... like, like the, one of the biggest, but biggest pop stars in the world, like, really and truly, is you know, people like Celine Dion, people like Adele, people like Dolly Parton. Even take that Gary Barlow is still doing amazing things. Do you know what I mean? And then one like some of the most cleanest artists in the world, Ed Sheeran. I completely forgot about him. Completely mm. squeaky clean. There is nothing yeah. dirty about that lad whatsoever. And his, like, I remember watching um, an interview with him. It was kind of like a TED Talk thing, but, like, in association with them. And his main things were be polite, be humble, stay nice, treat everybody nicely, and just focus on making good music, and you will get, do you know what I mean, the furthest you can be. It's not about how good your music is anymore. It's, how, it's about how much of a nice guy you are. Because the nicer you are, the more appealing to you you are to even little kids as well as old people. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So that could be an example on the other side. Do you know what I mean? Being more professional makes you more appealing. Do you know what I mean? To the to the masses. So that is a consideration there. But with drum, if we bring it back down to drum and bass, we're a, we are a rebellious genre. There is still yeah. a huge, huge, like, like part, like the huge part of the scene that does not want drum and bass to be mainstream. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's going to be something that we're going to end up fighting against as artists. Like, we want to be more professional. We want to be more mainstream because that means more opportunities and more money, more of a career and a sustainable career that we mm. can have within this scene. But if the, the actual fans aren't backing it, then what can we do? Do you know what I mean? There's another side of it in terms of it as well. If we if we do become more professional and more squeaky clean, will the will the fans respond well to it? 
Well, I think that they, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, again, like maybe this is just my perception of it, right? Because obviously, you know, when I was younger, growing up and stuff like that, you, you know, you'd hear all the old grave tapes and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm, you know, it was, mm-hmm. a, you know, a very much freer society, you know, everything would you, was. Would, would you say the rebellious part of it was, was part of what drew you in? about drum and bass because it was definitely like what part of what drew it in drew me in yeah you know it was like it you know it was something that other people didn't listen to it was something that you had to go and find it was something that you were allowed to go and do whatever it is that you wanted to do at yeah yeah and you know the djs and the artists and stuff like that you, you know they used to be you know, people like us. They used to be people from the crowd. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that people were coming out of the crowd and getting on the decks. And at some parties they were, you know, like. It's, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I did. But, I was like, mate, yeah. right, I'm getting this money. I've seen how they do it now, using turntables. I'm getting this money somehow and I'm starting to do it myself. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, carry on, sorry. <laughs> so, you know, but and now you think about, you know, you read about all these, um, you know, artists. I was, uh, I just done a, an article for uh, for the blog, right, about Bristol. Um, yeah. And let's just take a let's just take a second to um, uh, say how truly frustrated and angry and upset I am about Lakota closing as well. Yeah. I don't even think I think that that's just going to come down, and that's that's it. Like Lakota done see you later thanks for you know mm. see you later thanks it, for all the fish as it were um, yeah it, not to go on a tangent but i think that yeah that is going to be the start of the domino effect it's already happened in manchester we've had like three three of our major clubs shut down you know what i mean for yeah. like, just like noise complaints and like more people moving into the city center now do you know what i mean this stuff so yeah. it's a shame it's a shame because like a lot of, i've never been to lakota but a lot of people have rented and raved they love that club in bristol they yeah, it's like one of the biggest club. one of the biggest clubs uh, in the UK for drum and bass, and not just yeah. drum and bass. You know, for techno, for dubstep, for house. Like, you know, it was just like uh, a focal point for the city. But um, mm-hmm. you know, again, you know, we're on a on a different uh, tangent here. But yeah. you know, you you see the artists and stuff like that, and it's like you know, back in the day, uh, they used to be people like us. They used to be um, you know people that would uh, you know just get on the decks or you know throwing parties and stuff like that and now mm-hmm. when you hear about uh for example fred v and graphics right um they yeah. moved to bristol a few years ago because they wanted to be closer to the scene but they were yeah. studying you know music tech okay uh you know so they were they got signed in their third year of university um yeah to hospital when they were when they were making all this music right yeah now you know again at that sort of age you know, when you're maybe in your early 20s, finishing university or something like that, you do still have this sort of semblance of, you know, squeaky cleanness to you, you know? I, yeah. You know, don't, you know, we all know what goes on at universities and it is, you know, what you what you make of it, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. But, you know, these people, they're not, they're not just from the crowd anymore. They're not just mm-hmm. someone that's got their hands on a set of decks. They're not someone who is running the streets. You know, they're mm-hmm. not rough and ready anymore. 
they are these you know as the um, you know the geeks have inherited the earth right I mean you look at some <laughs> of the, the biggest players and they're just like wow man like you know you need to like have a decent meal and get down the gym you know build up your muscles a little bit you know what I mean it's like, you know they're all they're they, you know some of the, the top top producers are just creating this like filthy nasty rude music man and yeah. like they you know they look like they haven't seen the sun a day in their lives you know they're sat in their <laughs> basement all day just you know making music and again there's nothing wrong with that but yeah you know like it, it, there is that shift from um from one side of it and mm -hmm. people are trying people realize now it's a viable thing you can be a producer and a dj as a viable career this isn't some yeah. side hustle this yeah. isn't just something that you can do and as a result of that you know look no one wants to hire the extremely talented you see it in football all the time right ronaldinho right perfect example supremely talented you know probably yeah. one of the best ever never mind just of his generation but the guy couldn't it couldn't pass up go into a nightclub, you know, who was it, Figo or something like that, Ronaldo um, at Barcelona, said mm. if he could pass a nightclub as well as he could pass a ball, he'd be the best footballer ever. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, th these people realise that they need to have that element of, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, labels when they're signing these people now are saying, look, uh, you know, you need to be behaving in this sort of way, um, mm -hmm. and and that will happen with the with the bigger labels. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure. Interestingly enough, yeah, yeah. Well, interestingly enough, I was speaking to one of my mates who runs a record label. We were talking about potential tunes that like he wanted to sign um, because we'd found an artist. He'd sent in a few tunes. We were going through them. One of the tunes was called XTC. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that now. It's a play on words, obviously. We know what it means. Yeah. yeah. But when you actually play the tune, all the vocal samples, everything that's in there is talking about the drug. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And this label owner was saying, like, oh, he likes the tune. He thinks it's an amazing tune. And he realizes that maybe without those vocal samples in there, the tune might not be what it is. But he does not want to promote. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing through his label. And I asked him, well, is it really bad enough that it does that it makes the tune unreleasable? Do you know what I mean? And that is that something that you may have to compromise on in regards to maybe getting a good tune out there? Because there is a, there is other labels like how many labels release tunes about smoking weed all day or every day? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, even some a label as big as hospital. Do you know what I mean? Like he's working with people like Barrington Levy talking about smoke sense media. Can't get me sensey, beyond me sensey, police in yeah, helicopter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like untoned tunes about smoking weed. Do you know what I mean? And then but I even think that that's like there's that's a bit of a yeah, yeah. But then again, I'd like if we wanted to really get into the nitty gritty of it. Do you know what I mean? To us. That not saying that you actually take drugs, I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bait you out, Aaron. Do you know what I mean? But me <laughs> me as a as a ganja smoker, do you know what I mean? I come from the side of okay, I look at drugs a bit differently because I am a drug taker. In the eyes of the law, in the eyes of society, in the eyes of the government, I am a drug taker. So technically I am breaking the law. To people like that, there is no excuse. Do you know what I mean? There's no yeah like you no know, there's no other side of seeing things and stuff like that you take drugs even weed you take drugs you're breaking the law 
you don't want that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that. So, you know, to us, who may understand drug taking, we we have a completely different perspective perspective on it. But to them, they are aligning with the law, kind of thing. So to them, you know, it's a bit it's a bit deeper than oh a little bit of weed or oh he's taking a, a pill or he's talking about pills and stuff like that. But again, that I think that ends up coming down to each individual label that you're going to come across in this scene like this again mm. comparing it to the mainstream there's many labels that won't won't deal with that kind of stuff and they'll have the adels the paloma faiths the queens of the stone age that deal with alcoholism and smoking cigarettes and this like that the everyday things that are legal but then you will have the other labels that talk about taking drugs taking lean do you know what i mean i'm getting twisted on a tuesday <laughs> and all that kind yeah. of stuff so i think it quickly ends up coming down to do you know what i mean like which label you you end up dealing with but i suppose i kind of likened this to something that i was realizing in regards to production do you know what i mean i feel like with within drum and drum and bass the language of production is being lost because drum and bass as a whole as a genre we're kind of lawless and ruleless at the moment so when it comes to production i've been finding that when we talk about production it's more about how to get things loud compared to other loud music that is out there like as opposed to as before back in the day it was about use this compressor because it does this and this is why it does this use this synth because it does this and it can generate this and this is why it can do that that kind of like teaching and level of like communication so to speak has kind of been lost i'm not going to say it's completely gone do you know what i mean mm. but because we're now more like because more of the focus ends up be, being on how loud you can get the tune compared to a similar or do you know what i mean a heist or you know um you know urban dawn or even do you know what i mean uh degs or you know multitude multitude of artists but you get what i'm talking about now because it's because compared to like say r&b soul where there's a they're all on a lower level in production it's all about getting it on a higher level mm. so the more like sometimes i feel like some of the basics of talking about production has kind of been lost and i feel like i feel like the scene needs to get back to it a bit because at the end of the day regardless of what you learn at some point you're going to end up having to get back to the basics and with within everything there is a basic level where you can move and progress within the scene and as as drum and bass matures we are going to have to start adhering to some of those rules like we're even trying to lay rules now in regards to bootlegging dub packs tune leaks and stuff like that like you know even in regards to sampling laws and rules are becoming in place in regards to sampling you can only use two three seconds of a tune or do you know what i mean two three seconds of a vocal or this or that if something has too much of a likeness compared to another tune that was made there is grounds for a court case do you know what i mean that could be yeah. that could be uh, made and stuff so as drum and bass matures we are going to start we are going to have to start adhering to these professional mainstream rules do you know what i mean because we're nearly what how old are we now i'm sure we're com coming up close to like 30 years like yeah, of yeah. the scene now do you know what i mean so we we are a fully fledged 
genre now. Do you know what I mean? We are a fully fledged scene. And the way that we're going with more and more people coming into scene, more, more and more producers, more and more DJs, the influx of more female producers and DJs coming into the scene, the scene is only going to get bigger. The music genre is only going to get bigger. The bigger it gets, the more we are going to have to start adhering to rules, becoming more appealing to the masses so we can sell more more units so we can get more spotify streams and things like that do you know what i mean like there's only a few of us that are hitting millions on a regular basis people like yeah. andy c people like um mackie g he's hitting millions um who else hybrid minds they're hitting millions of streams do you know what i mean like people again like there are people within the scene now that are getting to actual celebrity status like goldie is yeah. a celebrity now do you know what i mean ronnie size is a celebrity now do you know what i mean andy c is on that level he's doing world tours like massive world tours he's basically booked more or less every day of the week well not now that we're on lo yeah. lockdown but you know he was before like the scene is going to get to that level whether we like it or not <laughs> and we are gonna have to start making compromises do you know what i mean but for me as long as the music still has its identity the artist can be whatever whatever they are do you know what i mean like like you were saying before about um fred v and graphics do you know what i mean two of the biggest probably nerds i've seen them do you know what i mean big glasses i can't hate on the glasses i'm a glasses wearer but do you, know, do you know what I mean? Two of the biggest looking nerds. Do you know what I mean? And that's no hate. I am a nerd. I'm a gadget geek and all that kind of stuff. I uh, watch yeah, anime. No, I'm, a, I'm a proper nerd and a geek yeah, as well, Jay. man. I know. <laughs> that's, that's why we're into drum and bass. Do you know what I mean? We, we think it makes us look hard, but it doesn't. Like, <laughs> like, like, like whoever, who would, like, if you are a music producer, yeah. You are a nerd. <laughs> yeah. You are a nerd. Like you, you are studying something to master it as a craft. Anybody who does that, they are nerds. They are nerds to like with, within their passion. So there's no hate. Even if you are the biggest gangster on road, you are still a nerd, my G. Like, yeah. Just hold it. Hold that end, fam. It's blessed. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But how you are, your image doesn't matter anymore your color of your skin one of the greatest things i love about drum and bass be it being such a multicultural multifaceted anyone lgbtq doesn't matter where you come from if you're making good music and the masses like it it's all blessed do you know what i mean if fred yeah, yeah, and graphics can do it and they're the biggest geeks do you know what i mean i don't know i think actually I'd have to give like the nerd king look to like it's got to be high contrast, man. High contrast, like with his Albert Einstein haircut and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, wearing like, a bow tie. Yeah, yeah. No, he's the biggest nerd in this scene, fam. Respect, respect to high contrast, tell you what, mate. Talking, talking about uh, high contrast and professionalism, and yeah, you know, we talk about you know your professionalism in your in you know your outward appearance and stuff like that. Many, mm -hmm. many years ago, I was um, I was in Sydney, right? I was backpacking, you know, for a year around Sid uh, around Australia, and mm. um, they had this New Year's Day Space Ibiza um, yeah. festival party thing, right? It was like, I don't know. Was this on I, your gap year? Uh, <laughs> no, no, this was after my gap year. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and uh, so they um uh you know carl cox was playing um in one side of things like and then like they had the drum and bass bit and next guy was playing and this was nice. like just as he was starting to get good and high contrast was like headlining right yeah and at the end at the end of the set both next guy and high contrast came down to the barriers like out out front just to like mm -hmm. chat to the crowd and yeah. you could tell that they were knackered like right you know they they'd obviously just been flown in from somewhere and you know yeah. jet lag was key. they didn't have to they didn't have to come down and speak to a bunch of pissed up raiders mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. but they did and they were very courteous and they had a good conversation. You know, I sat there and, and, and talked at them mostly for, you know, five yeah. minutes or so. But, you know, they were very, they were very professional. They were very humble, um, you know, and I'm sure they're very nice people, people to deal with, you know. And yeah. that yeah. goes a long way with the fans and probably with other promoters and stuff like that as well right because well that well that's the thing that's the, sorry to cut cut into you sorry. there but that is the thing that is what labels look out for so yeah. with the with that being a curt, courteous thing for high contrast to do on the higher level that will be something that you will have to do if you've got yeah. an album coming out or anything like mm -hmm. that you have got to do the press run you have yeah. to do the press run so you've got to do interviews you've got to link up with the crowd a couple pictures it looks great for your image your profile do you know what i mean <laughs> and all that kind of stuff like things that that would normally be looked at as courteous do you know what i mean and to the average fan it will be seen as courteous oh my god he came down off the stage and said hello to me shook my yeah. oh my god i touched eye contrast jeez do you know i'm never washing this hand again um <laughs> <laughs> but you know things like that they will become part of your package do you know what i mean yeah. your promotional package do you know what i mean and i suppose that that is part of the professionalism like as rough and ready artists do you know what i mean like as me do you know what i mean it's like i can take it or leave it i can choose to be open and personable and friendly and available to my fans do you know what i mean when i want to but with a big label a massive machine deadlines that we have to meet certain numbers that we have to hit because we've been given an advance to get studio time to work with this artist this artist this artist do you know what i mean mm. all of this time makes money do you know what i mean so yeah. you have to do everything that you can to maximize as much comeback do you know what i mean and revenue back do you know what i mean for yourself as well as the label more so the label do you know what i mean as you possibly can so those little hi and buys meet and greets do you know what I mean? VIP meet and greets after the shows and stuff like that. They become mandatory. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To well, think about all it from artists. like a marketing perspective, you know, like if you get a photo with, you know, um, your favorite DJ, like um, it's uh, at Let It Roll. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. ever been there. Um, yeah. But you've been to Let It Roll? No, I've not been to Let It Roll, but that's a oh, prime man, example. Yeah. From a they, DJ they do, perspective. Like, big, big, yeah, they do, yeah, they do big. Um, uh, they do big uh, like meet and greets, mm. uh, and they also they've also actually started opening up now to um, you know doing like um, uh, not courses but like seminars. So like yeah, you know they get artists in there to talk about production and the industry and things like that. And again, I think like they the did one. I think they actually did one. Let it roll with Turno. I think yeah, they yeah, did yeah. one with Turno. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah. well, they do cool. they do one every year, but they're expanding out the things that they want. Because the thing is, right, the festival obviously starts like 
it's for three days, but obviously mm. no one's going raving in the afternoon. Like it's on an abandoned runway strip in the middle of the Czech forest, right? Yeah. It's a wicked, wicked festival and super cheap as well. You know, like yeah. it's really, really good value for money. It's amazing. Everyone who's, everyone is there. It's like 40,000 people. It's this wicked journey to go there. You have a great time. You know, all the artists that you ever want to see. And, yeah. um, you know, they do, they do this, you know, sort of small event seminar things where they're, they're talking about, you know, music production, stuff like that. But yeah. you can go and meet your favorite artists. Now, mm-hmm. you know, at three, four o'clock in the morning, I'm in no condition to be going and chatting to to artists. Do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. I want to go and find another beer. I want to go and, you know, <laughs> find yeah, someone to sit but... down because I've been jogging on the spot for six hours and then, you know, I want to go home, you know. But yeah. it's part of your contract, mate. It's part of your contract. You've yeah, got to do you know. this meet and greet after the set. You've, you agree to it. Do you know what I mean? Sorry if light was a bit turbulent and, you know, you had one too many beers in the concierge. and that. Yeah. <laughs> But you've got to do it. Your, your loyal fans are waiting for you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> do you know and, I mean? and again, from a and that is the professionalism. what I was coming round to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're there and you're mm-hmm. nice, hello, that sort of thing, you know, even, you know, pissed up old matey, he sat there and, you know, photo, 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 mm. that's free advertising for you. Yeah. You know, that makes, that makes free money. Yeah. Um, that's a perfect yeah. example. That is a perfect example of like levels of professionalism that you go, that mm. we are going to have to meet, do you know what I mean, as the scene matures. So, yeah, that's a great, that's a great example, mate. Really. You know, and all these Because you have that... to do it. Yeah, you know, and you know, young up and comers and and stuff like that. They are going to have to think about these things. They have to think about how all of this is going to affect, you know, their their future operations. Like, it's not mm-hmm. just you sat there on a computer making tunes on Logic or Ableton. It's not yeah. just you, you know, doing a live stream and spinning to, you know, twenty five people on your Instagram list. Like, you know, this is you have to be doing this on a regular basis you've got to you've got to put that you know professional yeah. element out to there which then leads me back to you know yep. as as an artist should you be putting stuff on your instagram feeds about you know or, or not just your instagram feed but out there in general you know should you mm-hmm. be seen to be doing stuff that is you know along the lines of legality but potentially Mm -hmm. unprofessional do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. um i I think that ends up coming i think that ends up coming down to because i've been thinking about i really have been thinking about it throughout this whole conversation like like that first question like the drugs like your social media what what side of yourself that you put out there to the Mm. world in regards to you as an artist and and it got me thinking about okay 15 years can't believe 2023 it's got to be 20 years i've been involved in this scene man it's crazy but (laughs) like 17 years ago when i first started and when it was all rebellious and stuff like that it was like all doing everything doing a lot do you know what i mean and as time has gone by and as i've gotten older and as i've started to like look at this thing is okay i could potentially turn this into a career if I play my yeah. cards right, if I get more, if I like start learning more about marketing, about the business business side of things, dealing with distribution sites now. So if I want a self-release, I have to deal with distribution sites. I can't just nick, a, nick an image off Google Images anymore, do you know what I mean? And just flick, 
slap my logo on it labels won't take it images have got covers and everything has to be original artwork and stuff like mm. that like everything in terms of intellectual property because music now isn't physical anymore it's digital so it's all intellectual property learning about all those kind of things things like prs do you know what i mean being able to gather royalties and stuff if i get to a certain level having to like become self-employed and deal with taxes and stuff like that there's all of that if you want to make this an actual career do you know what I mean? There is all of this that you do have to consider. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And to the like, and like, 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 we're talking a career, not a hobby, not something that gives you a, a good bit of side money change. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or something that you've just happened to fall into. Like, if you're actually at the point where I want to turn this into a career and I want to do this for the rest of my life. So I have to start thinking about how I can support myself in the long term how i can make money for myself through this music thing where i don't have to rely on bookings so if something like this happens i've still got a revenue stream coming in do you know what I mean? yeah. and stuff i have to think about working with sponsors so if i want to work with if i want to work with pioneer and have pioneer work with me as a business partner and a sponsor and i'm representing them they're not going to be down with drugs they're not yeah. going to be down with me having weed all over my Instagram. I have to think about these things, do you know what I mean? Because I've had to think mm. about approaching them in regards to, do you know what I mean, sponsoring some of the people that I work with in terms of radio shows and stuff like that. And that was something as a requisite, do you know what I mean, that they put in place. Now, I've seen yeah. Pioneer, Pioneer DJ work with other people that are all about cannabis freedom and stuff like that. And I got a bit vexed with it at first, but then I realized, okay, they live in a part of the world where it is legal. It's not breaking yeah. the law. Do you know what I yeah. mean? So in that case, it's cool. Do you know what I mean? Pioneer can get behind that because it's legal over there. And as long as that person is represented and comes from there, it's cool. But me being in the UK, it's illegal. Pioneer doesn't want to be seen as representing someone that is breaking the law. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there, these are the things that I've over the years started to realize like okay maybe i'll have to dress back on being so ganja vocal <laughs> do you know what yeah, i mean yeah. that like playing music is a different thing me what i put out to the world what i say what i let represent me as a person and as an artist that is a completely different question and a like conversation altogether and that is something that i have to think about and that so you are right you are right completely but i think it it comes down to the individual and if they wanted to want to make this a career because i know a few people that are like yeah i'm getting this many bookings do you know what i mean i'm cool with it being at this level do you know what i mean yeah. but as i said before is as i said before if i want to work with beyonce if i want to work with celine dion i'm gonna have to walk down certain paths that i might yeah. not be comfortable with or might be just completely out of my comfort zone to be able to reach a level working with these people i have to make this a career i have to take this seriously i have to be making i have to be on my job about everything to get to a level where i can chat to beyonce and say yeah, yo yeah. You, what you think about collabing on this drum and bass thing? You get me? Yeah. <laughs> I have to be on a certain level, do you know what I mean, to be able to get there. And with that comes certain sacrifices, certain image change, image changes, certain compromises that I am going to have to make. 
if I want to be on that level. So I think it comes, ultimately, it comes down to that. Do you know what I mean? I think that if that was to be my last word, to bring it from personal sort of perspective and experience, do you know what I mean? Again, even coming down to like the bootleg conversation that we have, mm. we were having before, you know, is the bootleg really worth fucking up a potential professional do you know what I mean? Step on the ladder, ladder that I could take. Do you know what I mean? For the sake of getting a couple of views or numbers, just here. Because, like we said, we can't do anything with a bootleg. Do you know what I mean? Unless it yeah. gets accepted by the original artist and that. So, bootlegs could be seen as unprofessional. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Unless, do you know what I mean? You know, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, there's there's elements of that all across the board, and even even that. Can be a sign seen as a sign as professionalism right if you want to be taken seriously as an artist do you know what i mean doing bootlegs may not be the way to go do you know what i mean if you want people to take your talent seriously your techniques your sound design your trump your drum programming do you know what i mean that there has to be a professional level that comes with that and bootlegging maybe isn't do you know what i mean that maybe isn't that much of a sign of professionalism do you know what i mean if yeah you to absolutely. Put it into that context so yeah man and i think that definitely everyone has to you know like be you suppose that you know a word to the wise would be that um you know if you're it is a viable career you know like there's there's plenty of room within the scene for everybody there's plenty of um opportunity for people to get signed onto yeah. labels you can you know self-release you can make it as a dj without having representation stuff like that but you need to have that element of not even in your own action well you do right because at the end of the day if you're a tosser yeah. then no one wants to deal with you but you know yeah. you have to have that mindset that um you know this isn't just you playing uh, playing you know drum and bass for your mates down the local boozer anymore yeah you know yeah you know it's not cool for you to go and you know rail lines in between sets it's not cool for you to turn up drunk or stoned you know like yeah if you actually want to do this then you need to have that foresight that you know i need to turn up for work clean and sober mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know if i'm going to be working then i need to make sure that um you know i know uh you know what's going on you know i've got backups of my usbs in case something goes wrong if i'm mm -hmm. at my own gig and i'm bringing my own equipment i've got two cables of everything in case something goes down i need to know you know that there's all this stuff it's not just some geezer turning up with a crate of records and a, and a sound system anymore yeah yeah you know like that that professionalism um is is so important and you know, it, it it starts from day one. You've got to have that mindset straight away. You know, yeah. um, again, working in the corporate world for as long as I did, it was like, you know, people won't people won't give you the time of day if you don't look sharp. You know, if you turned yeah. up to a meeting, you know, yeah. um, and you weren't wearing a suit, your shoes weren't polished. Yeah. You know, you didn't have a, a watch on, cufflinks, you know, that sort of thing. You didn't have the right tie, you didn't have the right knot in your tie. People wouldn't give you the time of day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's even before you start talking about anything. You know, it's yeah. how you look. And you need to be prepared for that. You know, you need to know what you're doing. You need to know who you're talking to. You need to know what, you know, the, the issues are that you're going to be covering that day. You need to know that you need to look smart. You need to know, the, you know, the answers to the questions that you know that they're going to ask. Mm 
Mm-hmm, and this, mm-hmm. you know, comes back to, to that element of, uh, of professionalism, you know. It's yeah. called the music business, right? Yeah. You know, at yeah. the end of the day, it's, it's business. And no one is going to take care of your business for you yeah. unless you have that um, that professional attitude of things, you know. So, yeah. um, I mean, and again... I was going to say, I think it. I think it sort of comes back to to what I was saying in the last ep- um, in the last podcast episode in regards to you know learning from the mistakes that other genres have made. Do you know what I mean? In terms of you know reading through your contracts properly, reading through the fine print, making sure that you're not you know like caught out by any kind of clauses, making sure that you can actually take on what you know is being offered to you. And that mm. having those people in your corner that can see it, steer you in the right direction kind of leads me on to, you know, I don't like, I, I'll change my stance and I won't say that there's a lack of, you know, artist management and artist nurturing. Do you know what I mean? In the scene. I just feel like we're just not at that level yet. Do you know what I mean? And stuff. I, I, I would assume when you reach RAM and hospital levels, do you know what I mean? And stuff like they will have people there. And, even with a couple of levels that I'm um, labels that I'm starting to work with now, you know, there's elements of people that handle your social media for your releases and you know stuff like that. You marketing for your releases, so if you, I think people on the low, lower levels are starting to realise the benefit of you know having more of a major label approach. Do you know what I mean to their own labels and stuff? Again, that level of professionalism has to come into it if you want to grow and elevate you know what i mean whatever it is that you're you're doing within the, you know the mm. music business and stuff i've had to learn it myself and stuff like that so yeah i think yeah i think you are i think you are right it's even on every level you are going to have to you know meet a level of professional professionalism if you want to further, you know, your music career within this business, because it is a business, you have got a bottom yeah. line. You as an artist, you have got bills to pay, you have got rent to pay. Do you know what I mean? If you get to yeah, a point where you can make it, you know what I mean, uh, uh, you know, a career, even if you even if you are on that level where you've got your main job and what you do within the drum and bass scene is a nice top up, you do become dependable on that top up. That top up yeah. does become part of your budget. You be, your your lifestyle adjusts. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So even on yeah. you know an intermediate level, there is still going to be elements of professionalism you're going to have to take up to be able to carry on living the lifestyle that you've become accustomed to now. Do you know what I mean? On every single level, even when I even when I um, first started. And I was trying my hardest to get in every club, get every single DJ set that I could. So I was doing, like, I was doing some weeks, like, like some months, two months, where from Thursday to Sunday, I've got a booking. It's all free, but from Thursday to Sunday, I've got a booking. But I've also still got a full-time job working in a call centre on 9 to 5. Do you know what I mean? So I have to be professional. I have to take a professional approach to be able to get enough sleep, like, prepare my sets do you know what i mean make sure each set is different for each each booking do you know what i mean so then i still come across versatile and engaging innings as an and exciting as an entertainer do you know what i mean and that i've got to have a timetable you know i've got to work around my timetable because i've still got family that i have to see i've still got a sick mum 
that I have to go and make sure she's all right. I've still got an old mm. grandma that I have to make sure she's all right. I've still got brothers and sisters with kids. I've got nieces, nephews. You know, normal life is still going on. So yeah. if you want to turn this into a thing more than a hobby, there is, on all levels, there is professional ways, pr approaches that you have to adapt and take up if you want to further yourself and stuff. And the higher you get, the more that comes into effect. Like, whether you like it or not, <laughs> like, I will be that guy and say it, whether you like it or not, you're going to have to do it. I realised it, and especially being me being someone that's so vocal, actually, I won't say that, and that but I am vocal, very vocal about mental health, do you know what I mean? Yeah. My own mental health and helping other people with mental health and stuff. There is an element of professionalism I have to take. Ganja isn't for everyone that has a mental health issue. So I can't be seen to be like, yes, Ganja heal everything. No, <laughs> like it doesn't work like that. Do you know what I mean? I can't speak to the way that I see things isn't going to work for everybody that has a mental health issue. So I have to adjust how I approach and how I say things. So the point that I want to make and the message that I want to, I want to get out there can be still be received by everyone and I'm not alienating anybody. Do you know what I mean? It's the same with yeah. this post podcast. I have to adjust, do you know what I mean, what I'm saying to make sure that I can get my point across and I don't want to alienate anyone. I want to want as many people to be part of this conversation as possible. You hear it in how I talk. <laughs> there is a level yeah. of professionalism in how I talk, but when I'm with my brethren's them, yo, what are you saying? You good, G, yeah. Everything blessed, my Don. You get me? Like, as soon as we come off this thing, yes, Aaron, safe for that, you know? Really enjoyed yeah. that. That was blessed. You get me? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there's elements of professionalism you're going to have to take, man. So, yeah, yeah I think yeah. I think you're right, man, definitely. And uh, I'll give, um, uh, whilst we wrap this up, because another hour has, has flown by, I'll give you a prime <laughs> example, prime example of, um, uh, of professionalism within the industry. And again, like, we... we we're basically just going to be talking about like uh, Tony Coleman, London Electricity and Hospital Records a lot in this podcast, right? If you don't know who Lon uh, London Electricity is, he's the owner, obviously, of uh, Hospital Records. If you don't yep. know who Hospital Records are, then you need to get to know because, yeah. like, you know, they're wicked. But Do you he, Googles? <laughs> he, um, you know, he often talks about, you know, doing releases and things like that. And he does, mm -hmm. you know, the, the podcast and yeah, he airs his views and things like that in there, which is fine. It's his channel. We can say what he likes. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and he does get some element of um, politics in there, but he, he, you know, he is also, um, I imagine somewhere along the line, he's got somebody who's telling him that what he can and can't say with that. So yeah. even, you know, the big man at the top, even he is told, no, you can't play this release, uh, this new release from this artist yet because it's mm -hmm. not due for release on this. And, you know, that could spoil whatever it is. You know, yeah. even he, the owner of the label, the person who cuts the checks for everyone is being told, no, you have to do this because that's the level of professionalism. And that's why hospital is so massive, right? Because they have that level of professionalism. They know, you know, where the lines are. They know what they have to do and they deliver. Um, yeah. And again, another example is when he was playing um, in Czech Republic. He goes out there quite a lot to to the Roxy. Yeah. He was told, he was told, um, the sound is not allowed to go above a hundred decibels because if mm -hmm. it goes above, and they had a monitor there as well. So if it goes yeah. above hundred decibels, 
the you know fire safety or whatever it is the commission are going to come in and shut us down okay oi you know and he he could have just been like yeah whatever it's jungle drum and bass boom whacked it up and you know the crowd would have loved it and the, you know the event probably wouldn't have been shut down and and what have you but you know he kept it he, he even filmed himself doing it because he spoke about that filmed yeah. himself at the you know and it was just flicking to you know 101 on some of the heavier tracks but you know that's that's the level of professionalism even from a top name dj you know even yeah. from a top name rec- you know record label owner who who can quite frankly do anything that he wants because you know he runs the show he can do you know he was yeah. booked to go in there they're not going to shut him down yeah. dead set of course they're not it's you know they well, paid think, a lot of money I've... to get him out there Oh, I think hospital is like, I think we, we are going to keep coming back to hospital because I think they're the prime example of somebody like people that have built an, a label from nothing. Do you know what I yeah. mean? From the beginnings of the seed, like, do you know what I mean? As it was growing and being able to build an empire with it, get taken on from a bigger, major label, but still keep their identity. They've, used, mm. they've still got London Electricity and Chris Goss at the helm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The faces of the label. Do you know what I mean? Still able to speak their mind to an extent. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Obviously, they can't say anything that they want, but still being able to speak their mind, still being able to be the face and connect with their fans that they have spent so long building up. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that they have connected with. I mean, like, like compared to like Ram, you know what I mean? Andy C is Andy C and he has a connection, but I think you can feel the major label element. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To run records a lot more now than you could before, where you don't yeah, seem yeah. to get that from hospital records. But as you said, even they have to fight, have to follow guidelines. Do you know what I mean? And they're at a point where they can only get bigger. And their their goal is to only get bigger. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To get to the level of Virgin, do you know what I mean? Atlantic records and stuff like that, because they are on that path with having that label like that big label back in mainstream label back in behind them so even even london electricity has to follow professional guidelines and rules you know what i mean to be able to still elevate what he's trying to do but at least he has still kept his identity which is the main thing that i hope we we are able to do within this scene like ram is still ram and ram is still drum and bass <laughs> do you know yeah. what i mean they are venturing out do you know what i mean but ram will always be known as a drum and bass label do you know what i mean yeah, and have side side as long as we can keep it like that as long as ram doesn't turn into virgin ram do you know what i mean yeah. or warner brothers ram <laughs> ram warner brothers do you know what i mean and you know we're getting like justin timberlake on tracks all over all over the place and shit like that yeah. as long as it doesn't get to that level then it's cool <laughs> then it's cool but you know i would i was saying the other day in like a, an instagram live stream i would love to see drum and bass on the level of like mainstream hip-hop do you know what i mean i would love yeah, this for genre sure. to get to that level man but if if we have to even cardi b has to follow rules even the Migos, yeah, yeah. do you know what i mean even drake has to follow rules do you know what i mean if he still wants his endorsements from nike adidas whoever you know rolex all them kind of things which i'm sure we all want we all want to get on the level where you know puma is sending us free clothes all the time and do you know what i mean and stuff like that if we want to reach that level, there's gonna be rules and guidelines we're gonna to have to follow, man. Do you know what I mean? If we and we if we really want drum and bass to be as big as it can be in the next twenty to thirty years from now, we're gonna to have to deal with these kind of things, man. 
You yeah. have to deal with these kind of things, Aaron. Sorry, mate. I'm going to have to stop cool. swearing on this podcast. <laughs> it's all right. I put it, I've said it as explicit on there, so everyone knows that there's the odds. Um, all right, then. Well, swear I won't push in. it, though. Um, <laughs> so before we, before we wrap up, you've just released a track. Tell us about that. Uh, I've just released an EP. <laughs> an EP, um, EP. yeah voices volume one um on liquid lab which is the new sister label to collab recordings ran by benny collab and heist big shout to those boys i've got nothing but love for those guys like they've just proper taken me under their wing and that but yeah man i've, I've had Rene the vice play on radio one ray keith has been playing it there's been a lot more people Aphrodite, a couple of other people <laughs> that I can't remember now and that, but they've all been playing it. It's had an amazing response and it's now everywhere worldwide on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Google Play, all that kind of good stuff and that. So, yeah, man, if you're into your liquid drum and bass, you're more sort of thoughtful, soulful kind of stuff, more reflective, you know, check that out, check that out. Hybrid Minds, I'm coming for you. Wicked. Yeah. <laughs> nice one well as ever amazing to chat with you and yeah, me. um you know a really good uh topic and conversation to to have here well um, i think it's got, i think it's nicely it's got to lead on nicely nicely into you know artist development do you know what i mean how yeah. to make it as an artist and stuff i think we touched on a on a few good points there that we can lead up into next week unless there's something yeah. else that creeps no, up no, i was going to suggest um artist development um and, and there's i think there's a lot that we can talk about in, in artist development as well you know mm -hmm. um in terms of being um you know self-employed and uh, you know what you've got to do how to how to make it work for um for you as an artist and all that sort of stuff but again we can we can cover that next week yeah we really hope you enjoyed this show don't forget to like and subscribe follow us on instagram and facebook at amen breaks uk and don't forget to follow diligent fingers on instagram at diligent fingers Please, guys, if you've got anything you want to share with us, anything that you'd like us to cover, send it in to contact at amenbreaks.co.uk.